Hello Philorians, this is Catherine and today we're gonna talk about 302 Heroes and Morons. I'm a fucking magician. And magic comes from pain. Trying to tell you, you are not alone here. You love magic. Is it in your soul? Want me to come to Philorus with you? Send you an epic quest. It's just a promise, motherfucker. shops so if you you may hear background i apologize me like yeah when you said oh i don't have a computer i'm like oh boy yeah (laughs) i I do i just don't have it i don't have it i'm missing i'm missing a part and Uh, a chance to get it and get my computer fixed so i can use it so hello amanda how are you I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I'm good. Uh, let's just say it aloud that uh, right now you are in a public space, so there's going to be background noise for everyone. Yep, yep. Hopefully <laughs> not too much. It's not too busy right now. So. Well, if it is, oh well. I mean, that's the joy of podcasting. Sometimes this happened. I mean, once uh, there was a fire truck in front of my house for the whole recording. Oh, wow yeah wow was fun <laughs> <laughs> so uh do you have any story about the team of today that is truth that is truth not necessarily a story just you have you know everyone's got their own truth and i the episode had a lot of a presented truth and an actual truth mm-hmm. and i feel like i mean that's a lot of of, of every day You know, you put forth what you want people to see and that's what, but then you have your own, like the truth of what yourself is. I, I personally, I'm honestly, I'm a extroverted introvert. (laughs) Oh my God. That's, that's so well put. I think I'm going to start to say that now. Yeah. I, (laughs) I, I, especially with what I do, I have to put on, I have to be out there and. I'm talkative and chatty and all those are bubbly, but in actuality, I would rather, and I found this out like a couple of months ago, a friend of mine had a party and I literally, (laughs) she's like, come outside and talk to everybody. I don't want to talk to anybody. (laughs) I don't want to talk to anybody. I have have my own little group of friends and I'm most comfortable and it surprised me you know, how for all it seems that I am an extrovert, that I'm actually really, truly an introvert. I don't, I mean, I have my own little bubble, <laughs> but yeah. I, mean, I find it interesting. What, uh, what job are you doing? If you don't I, I, right now I wait tables. So oh, okay, I'm yeah. in the I public. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I'm in the public. So you have to, you, you can't be uh, a quiet little mouse. It's yeah. funny you say that because I, I work with public too at the airport and uh, my husband say I have my customer customer service voice and face. So like I will be bubbly and smiley and how like happy and it's genuine. Like I, I don't fake smile. But the moment I'm home, I'm like, and I don't want to uh, talk to anyone. <laughs> that's exactly right. There is such a thing as a customer service voice. And 
it's it's amazing when people know you and you when you if something happens and you fall into that they're like oh whoa, whoa what's wrong <laughs> what's wrong and yeah he, yeah he noticed it because uh, he was arguing about something and i just took the phone and i used my customer service voice to like use term that the person will understand and he looked at me like who did i marry <laughs> <laughs> But I like I like you saying that it's not two one is lying and one is not. It's just there there's a truth depending on where you are. Yeah. Your truth can change in any given moment. I mean you have your core beliefs, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily what in any given moment what that what the what the truth is at that moment. See that's what's interesting because in the, I went to look at the definition of truth. It's say the state of being true, duh, but also factors be, uh, believed that are accepted as truth. And I like that, that that there are things that are not necessarily true, but we all say that it's true, so it's a truth. Yes. And um, there's a lot of that in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> there is. There is a lot of that in the episode. Uh, but before we start to analyze, do you want to do the 30-second recap? I can try. Is okay. The recap of, of the actual episode, not the one before, right? It's the actual episode, right? The, yeah, 302. Okay. So when you're ready. Okay. All right. So we have chapter one of The Tale of the Seven Keys, and it's about a daughter who feels like she's a disappointment because her father always wanted a son and the father was always, it was a legendary knight. And she ends up losing her father to a witch. And in going to the witch, she wants the witch to give him back. And she's like, well, if you complete this quest for seven Oh, see? It is hard. <laughs> it's hard, eh? I'm gonna try to, uh, honestly, it looks so much harder. I look good, but it's because it's gonna be my third season doing it. But ah. uh, <laughs> but uh, at first, you should like if you listen to the first season of the show. I am terrible at it because I'm like, yeah, but everything is matters and everything's important. And if I don't say that, it doesn't matter anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna try and go. So uh, they read the first chapter of the Tale of the Seven Key, and then they're like, oh, but we need to go to Fillory, and for that, we need the clock. So Quentin and Josh and Julia and Katie are trying to find uh, Mayakovsky's battery, and they find that Lipson at them, and she tried to kill herself. And meanwhile, Elliot is going on a boat adventure, and is being a king, and Freya Payer is the daughter, and Fen don't burp a log anymore. <laughs> Right. Oh wow. That was my 30 seconds. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> really, really good. I kinda of butchered Fillory, but oh well we're gonna go in depth in this. Okay. <laughs> um do you wanna go to uh, talk about the earth side first or the Fillorian side first? Let's talk about the earth side first because I actually found the Fillory side of the episode much more interesting. Yeah, me too. <laughs> All right, so well, it start it start at, at about um, with the the tale, mm-hmm. like you were saying, and the fact that like um, before 
there was the those tale used to be cautionary tale for children. Yes. Uh, when when we think of a uh, Little Riding Hood or uh, Ansel and Gretel, the thing is, uh, Disney Disneyfied it, and now oh, there yeah. are happy endings, but before there weren't. And I think we lost the truth of the story doing that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like Grimm's fairy tales are 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 not Disney. <laughs> they are not Disney at all. <laughs> and they're dark and they're warnings. And like they die, they all mostly die. Oh yeah. At the end, and I think that the idea of adding only the 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 seven tale chapter by chapter is kind of that. Like it doesn't give them the full view of what the story is. Mm -hmm. uh, so like yeah, you okay? It's a, it's a question. It's chapters, but how can you know the truth of the story without the ending? Yes. Yes, um, th and they were frustrated with that, especially John mm -hmm. was very frustrated with the fact that he couldn't, you know, skip ahead and find the end. Um, it, it makes you wonder if the, they had had the whole book at once and known what was, what what the sacrifice was going to have to be if they would have chosen something different. Oh, oh, I like that, the idea that they needed not to know the sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Because at the mm. end, that sacrifice. No, I really, really like that. <laughs> also, uh, we um, like they discovered that they need to go to talk to Maya Kotsky, who turned into a bear. Oh yeah. And they also, yeah, but he's a lying drunk. And the fact that they simply acknowledge and take it as granted uh, as that uh, Maya Kotsky is a lying drunk, it's kind of sad. Oh yeah. I, I, I find they all gave up on him. Well, I, I don't know. Maya Cosby is not a good person. I mean, that's the, that's the truth of it. He's, he's honestly, he's not a good, he's not a good person. He's someone who, who would take advantage of his position to take mm -hmm. advantage of, of girls, essentially. Mm -hmm. and, I think he, he kind of got what he deserved in, when she turned him into a bear. <laughs> oh my God. Because, I mean, she was happy to see him. I think there was a part of her that was happy to see him. And she kind of got... She being in New England Street? Yeah, yes. She got, she got swept up and then she got married and then she started to... I think she realized that, that she didn't do a good thing in, in marrying him, that he's not a good person. Mm -hmm. So, I think that's why we got the. She decided to take the. That's why she turned him into a bear, and that's and that's why she took the batteries. Yeah, I think by seeing Lipson, like him needed to go to Lipson, made her realize like, oh, he had other like relationship. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's, that's terrible. Story. That's terrible the way he treated Lipson. I felt oh my her. god! I felt I felt terrible for her. Yeah, me too. And then we're going to go there, but at, at first I want to go back to the beginning when Julia say uh, magic might be dead, but Google isn't. <laughs> this is my single Harry Potter fantasy of Harry, Hermione, and Ron Googling shit. <laughs> <laughs> See, Harry and Hermione would know how to use Google. Okay, Ron with Google will be really funny. We'll always yeah, end up on porn blogs. 
Yes. <laughs> yes. If, if Harry Potter took place, you know, now, then yeah, I think Ron and, or not Ron, but Harry and Hermione would be very much internet savvy. They would. Yeah. So yeah, Google, Google is your friend. But that's the thing, like Google and a bit like it's like a bit like the library of knowledge that you have all the knowledge in the world, but it's what we, you do with it that is important. Yes, it's also how you how you locate knowledge because depending on what you're searching for and depending on how you search it, the internet will give you your information from a certain point of view. To, 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 I hate to bring politics into it, but, you know, if it sees that you're searching more conservative things, so when you Google something, you're going to get the more conservative answers mm -hmm. or the more conservative slant, or if you're looking at it as more progressive or liberal, it's, it's, I mean, it, it's an, the algorithm is very, very smart and you have to, you have to, you have to be wary about that. Yeah. I, I studied that in, in, uh, in school cause I have a BA in politics and we call that political bubbles. And if I just read my, my feed, oh, the Democrats will win next election and Trump is not a problem. See, you would think so. You got to be careful though. Exactly. I and that's, vote. I don't have to vote. And then. Then when, when you lose, when you lose, that's, that's, that's how he, that's how he, he won. That's how he won. It was, it was like, everyone else went, my vote doesn't matter. So what, what, what's the point? But no, no, your vote, your vote matters. Your vote yeah. Matters. Like when, when I, when I woke up seeing that he won, I was like, oh my God, like, what did I miss on my feed? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And. And like, the thing is I had my truth of, oh, okay. Like my feed and my information give me what I think is a truth. But like, if you look at the big picture, I was kind of lying to myself and it, it's important to, like you see, it's important to be aware of that. Oh yeah. So. And speaking of lying, um, <laughs> Alice, uh, Alice going to get a cat. Alice, she's two, two, eight months is too old. That poor, <sighs> that poor kitten. That poor kitten. And the thing is, like, she has to lie to say that she won't arm the kitten because she knows that the kitten might come to arm. And she put her hand on the Bible. Oh, I know. I'm and it shows like how that gesture doesn't mean anything anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, it used to be like, oh, I swear on God. And at the time, like, it was the ultimate thing. But now, I mean, there are a lot of people that fly to Congress in the U.S. and were on the road. And this is why uh, when you read the, the, the U.S. politics, it says that you have to swear on something you believe the value of. And there is a senator that swore that uh, that swore uh, and instead of the Bible had the Captain America shield. Ah. Uh. <laughs> hug that out it's like yeah i mean the my country's political system is a swamp mm -hmm. oh yeah um i i had a question about katie because um julia kind of 
understand why Katie don't talk to her anymore. Mm-hmm. But why? Like, why did it took her like those two weeks not to tell her about magic, knowing that Katie needs magic to save Penny? Was it lying to Katie, or it was more protecting her from something that? I don't know. I think it might have been more of she knew she knew Katie was pissed off at her, and you know sometimes you want to give someone you want to give people. I think she might have been given her trying to give her space. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it was. I don't think it was an intentional thing that she didn't tell her that she had magic that she had you know she has magic and she doesn't know how she has magic even that little bit of magic that she has I don't think it was I don't think it was purposeful I think it was she knew that Katie was pissed off at her and Mm -hmm. she she wanted to give her space because you know sometimes you just got to give your friends space I think if Julia had enough magic to save Penny not telling Katie would have been a lie but since it's just a spark you're right maybe it's not a lie it's mostly like the space you're right yeah and I mean like like she said she's got she doesn't have enough manage, magic to do anything so I mean honestly I think it would have hurt more in the long run so I think I think she was just I, I think she was just giving her space and and not I, I don't think she was intentionally keeping it from her so mm-hmm. and and then, oh. then they go to the hedge bar which is funny because Katie is really well informed even before she becomes the leader of the hedge. Like you can see her building up to become what she is in season five now. Mm-hmm. She and, is. Uh, she everybody, it feels like. Yeah. Uh, also, let's disclaim that uh, as of today, we only saw seven episodes. Today, we're going to watch the eight. Because yes. uh, when it's going to, the episode will be released, uh, the season will be over. So we haven't seen everything, but as of now, Katie's the leader of the Hedge Witches. <laughs> right, right. And let me tell you, I actually need to catch up because I haven't watched season, I haven't watched episode seven. I had to work that night and I just haven't got online to watch it yet. Um, but I've seen like the, I've seen the promo for the one coming up and I am, I know that, that there's like, they're, 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 they're trying to pull from this, some of the things that's happening in the current season from from the book. Oh yeah, it's magician land all over. I think it's gonna be the ending of that's why I'm not as worried. Pretty sure they're gonna do the ending of Magician Land. Ah, uh, see, I have to read the books and I just haven't had a chance to. <laughs> uh what I did is I read the three books before starting to watch the show, because that's what I do with everything that has from this is from a book to a show. And after the third the third episode I had to understand that there are two things. Yeah, I heard that that it doesn't exactly follow. The first book it follows, second and third no. Yeah. But uh, if you accept that, it's good. <laughs> it's just that uh, Margot doesn't exist as Janet, and Janet, I hate her with all my wow. heart. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, you know when she sleep with Quentin and Elliot, like with Margot, it's kind of a drunk accident and whatever. With Janet, that was pers- pur- purposefully done to arm Alice. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh. I hate Janet. <laughs> oh. oh, wow. See, now I have to read the books. Now I have to- oh, yeah, you do. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I, 
uh, I wanted to go back to uh, when they say um, that they went on the when they go in the hedge bar, the hedge wishes like they were talking about how they smell the magic, and it has this like addiction drug addict comparison. And in season one, Julia say to Marina that she treat magic like a drug, yeah. and that's how the hedges are, are treating magic. To be honest. And I like this idea that, like, oh my god, like uh, it's like a like a hit of drug that they needed. And we see um, Elliot. It happened to Elliot when he holds the key. Yes. In like this, like shiver that he had. And after a moment, he's like, whoa, like oh, yeah. that something was missing. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. That it's a yeah. I would, I would, li- I could like an magic to being an addiction mm-hmm. like it's like having a cigarette after you haven't smoked in forever <laughs> you're just like oh but yeah I, I totally get that I mean they're like you can sense it I mean if you've had it if you, I mean having magic and then not having magic I would imagine just the slightest just the tiniest bit of magic you'd be able to feel so I just yeah I, I get that though the whole it was like steaks on a grill yep <laughs> it's a, honestly it's perfectly yeah it's like steaks on a grill after you've been starving for days <laughs> but uh, it's funny because quentin is said after that oh i'm gonna go to emily and it and because she's and it, uh julia say crazy and he say no vulnerable yes and also the fact that he I don't think he wanted anyone to know that he slept with her. I think that was mostly that. <laughs> um, but the the idea that like, and after that later, um, Alice say that Lipson is crazy. And Quentin doesn't correct her saying, no, she's vulnerable. I don't know. But, yeah. but the, both of them were in distress or like people in distress and depression in need of help, mental help. Um, yes, but I think, honestly, I think with Alice, he knew that she's been really, dis- she, she wouldn't have really listened to him anyway. She's, she's being really dismissive of him mm. because, you know, she's still very angry. She's still very angry after being put back in her body from being a Niffin. Mm-hmm. She hasn't, she hasn't reconciled. I don't think she's reconciled her anger or I guess what she perceives her loss because she was essentially she was magic she was in magic she was she had the knowledge of everything she wanted mm-hmm. she's always wanting it she just wants to know everything and she did as a, as a niffin and he he took that away from her yeah and yeah I don't think she has at this point has resolved herself to having her humanity back yet no i think it's gonna take her to make the mistake of destroying the key yes she has to go too far in order to realize and um i think that's something that they say uh quentin says to lips and we're gonna go back to that later but when you say like you don't know we don't know how good we had it about the magic i think that's what happens to alice right now she doesn't know that even if it's not the, her humanity is not the best, 
what she was was worse. She was kind like like as of now we don't know what she did as an infant, but we know that like she killed the lamprey, and that's why the lamprey is after her, mm-hmm. and she tortured the lamprey for fun. Yeah, yeah, she was. She was not. She was not good. She was, you know, that that knowledge of everything and that lack of humanity made her a monster. Yeah, but that's the thing. I think she's lying to herself when it was when she was saying like I did everything for knowledge. No, it was not for knowledge. It was for the pretty lights. That's what she said in the next episode. And there's this like it's easy to be angry at. It's easier for her to be angry at Quentin than to be angry at herself. Yes. Yes. And I, I think that's where she's lying to herself and she's gonna have to hurt people that she loves. Oh yeah, that's coming. Yeah. Next episode, I think. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and when did Mayakoski married Emily? That's the one thing I do not understand. Why he married her or when he married her? Why? Why? I think I think she was the last one that he had an affair with. I don't know if I don't know if he loved her, but she may have been the last one that he seduced and she, you know, he knows what she did to try to keep him. So I don't know why he, I don't know why he suddenly I'm in love with you and I need to marry you. Yeah, because like he, he could have gone to Lipson because Lipson him that like she had been giving him stuff and they probably had an, had an affair. So why go to Emily instead of Lipson? Maybe he thought she was more pliable that he could manipulate her. Because mm. you know Lipson, I think Lipson knew exactly what he was, and especially when, yeah. He knew she knew exactly what he was. He wouldn't been he wouldn't have been able to as easily manipulate her as he probably could Emily. But he didn't take into account that maybe uh, in their time apart, Emily grew up and it was not as easily manipulatable. I don't even know if that's a word. Easily manipulated. In fact, she, I think. She manipulated him. Mm-hmm. She saw what he had. He had magic. Uh, so smart. Yeah. It's just a matter of everybody's manip- the manipulation. There's a lot of manipulation in this episode. There really is. Oh yes. Let's just talk about when Q is on the when they're at the sexology, Quentin and Julia. And uh, the two girls are trying to pull Quentin in, and he say, "No means no." Oh, Which, okay, no. that's funny. But then they see Alice, and he's like, "Wow, it took four of us to have to have deduced this, and you're you're there. That's kind of impressive." And then he is he say, "Can I ask you a question?" And she said, "No." And he asked the question. You just said that no means no, right? Live to your own standard, Quentin Coldwater. He's got some sort of weird blinders on with Alice. 
Mm, really, truly does. He sees what he wants to see. And I still, at this point, he still, I think, he knows that she's angry with him. But she is not treated... She's not treated him as anything, really, in a long time. You know, they've been on ever since, ever since the threesome. Mm -hmm. They weren't, she and him have been on completely opposite sides. And it's, (sighs) she changed. I don't know. I don't know if she, well, she changed. She got harder, I would say. Uh, Alice, uh, Paul Sniffin is another Alice, that's for sure. Yes. But she, before that, she did, she built a wall between them because he, mm. he hurt her. He hurt her a lot. And I think after she became a Niffin, that wall just, it went from like a 10 foot wall to like a 40 foot wall with some in steel. Yes. I mean, <laughs> just Alice and Quentin are not good together. No. It's, yeah, not good. That, that's the thing. Um, um, when they discovered, like, oh, it slips, uh, they're going, someone wants to kill herself, and blah, blah, blah. Quentin is so, like, open and true to Julia when they say, oh, I know what it is because I contemplated it. Uh-huh. As someone that had suicidal tendency, that line pissed me off so much because, it, like, it's beautiful that he's open about his suicide um, tendency, but how he said it so dismissively really pissed me off. Yeah. It was, it was like, I used to be that way. It was like, it was something he got over. Yeah. Like, and you know that he hasn't, his depression has not gone away. Mm -hmm. Even his, even, even his suicidal ideation has not really gone away. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that was a little, that was a little dismissive when, when he said that, I mean, I get that he said, you know, why he said it. Maybe he just, let's give him the benefit. Maybe he didn't want to upset Julia, you know, in talking about that part of him. I mean, she knows that part of him, but you know, you don't want to. Yeah. I wouldn't. Do you think that he would have been so open? Let's see if he was there with Josh or Katie. Um, I don't know if he would have been that open. I don't think he would have been that open. Mm. Yeah, because he grew up with Julia. Julia, they know each other, so he. This is him being honest when she says, how do you know that? And yeah. So I, that's, that's the only thing I can think of. I don't think he would have, if, if Josh or Katie had been with him and asked him that, I don't think he would have been quite as blase about it. 
that's that's the thing. There are things that you can say and you can be true to yourself when you're around different people. A bit like you were saying at the beginning when oh you're you're more yourself when you have this small pile of people, but the moment you're like the waitress or in public, you uh you're different. You're that bubbly personality, that extravagant mm-hmm. personality that you're not, and you allow yourself yourself not to be. Yep. But yeah, I that orgy was that orgy was kind of entertaining though. I like the house. <laughs> I, I do you think Julia was Julia was easier pulled in because she had she had some magic in her as opposed to like Quentin. That's something I don't understand because technically we know she has she still had PTSD of Reynard, and yet she was she was. Um, pulled in and okay the guy were hot let's admit it uh but yeah maybe it's the magic like she got drunk on magic that's the only thing i can think of because she she got pulled in you know quite easily and, and he was like no no i'm fine thank you no thank you but, but that's the only thing i can think of as to why yeah she i mean because she does still have that still still working through that trauma mm-hmm which is funny because after that, Quentin say, "Okay, let's take like run a lap," which is such a. <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> yeah, let's let's take a moment. Let's take a lap. Let's run. Yeah, let's just. Uh, <laughs> um, maybe he was affected, and he was just you know stronger about rejecting it. But I don't. Mm-hmm. I honestly, I don't see that about him. So I, I have to think it's the the fact that. He didn't have any magic and she had magic and all those people were under a magical influence. That's the only thing I can think of as to why she got pulled in and he wasn't. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Cause, um, especially how her trauma is treated in the, in the show, sex is not an easy thing for her at, at the beginning and intimacy. So this was kind of out of, it was a funny thing but out of character and you bringing magic into it, I think is what is the, is the reason it's, it's, it makes so much sense now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And, uh, and then they're going to Lipson. Uh, that poor, that poor woman, that poor woman. Something that uh, hit me after like the, uh, because like she does that whole spiel about how Mike Guskey, is a bastard and how uh, Quentin said, yeah, we had it easy and we don't know what we lose before we lose it. And then he saved Lipson. If he hadn't saved Lipson then, Elliot would be dead in season four. Yeah, that is right. That is, that is very, very true. He would be dead because they took him to break bills infirmary and she Gibson. yeah she was a trauma surgeon before mm-hmm. she was a magician and i don't know how many other of the doctors there would have been able to save them without magic so so in, so in saving lipson uh quentin saved elliot twice yeah it's the, it's this kind of uh you don't like the ripple effect you don't know what your action will do in the future because mm-hmm. after that, like Lipson goes back to 
being a teacher, you know, and it's kind of, and they never talk about our suicidal attempt, which is something that I think the magician is good. Sometimes it's tackle that, okay, like if they're not the main character, the other have problem and we just won't talk about it. Like yeah. fog and his alcoholism. Oh, fog and his alcoholism. Yeah. They don't really, they talk about it, but uh, that's another thing in the current season that I'm not sure. I don't know about the whole, he's a recovering addict and he didn't consider himself an addict. He, 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 that was him lying to himself, speaking yes. the truth. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He's, he didn't equate being an alcoholic as being an addict. But yeah, that, that you know, speaking of the Earth, we're still talking about the Earth, so I'm about to jump into Fillory before we're not even ready. Um, at the end, at the end of the episode, when, you know, he he pulls the book, uh, Quentin pulls the book out because mm-hmm. the chapter has appeared. And he gets attacked by the lamprey. Why? That's what I don't. I was like, he picks up the lamprey, picks up the book, and takes it with him. Mm-hmm. That kind of threw me. I was like, why would he do that? I think it's part. He, he just plays what Quentin will do. Hmm. Because uh, in season and in in the next episode, like Quentin goes to Alice. And it takes them like half the episode to understand that he's possessed by the lamprey. Oh, yeah. So I think he's letting like the lamprey, uh, the lamprey is just playing, is, is playing Quentin right now. Ah, well, it's good that he did because like, like I said, that confused me a little bit. Like, why would he just, he would, you know, if he's focused on one thing and that's to get to Alice, you know, so maybe the lamprey's very manipulative and smart on his own. He's like, mm-hmm. I need him to act normal before I get, so I can get to her. So, yeah. Okay. I just, okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I also want, want to mention the, the shout out of the, 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 the quote, or friend cat was sick and exploded, you know, like they do. Like they do. Quentin is such a bad liar. He is such a bad liar. <laughs> but I also uh, would like to talk, uh, that's my last thing about her that I have is, why did Katie lie to everyone at the end and went to Emily and punched her? And I love that Julia recognized it because she's the only one that punched that hard. Uh, but why did Katie trust everyone? Is it, it do, like, yes, okay, it's for Penny, but why didn't she say, like, hey, can we save Penny and what's left? I'm going to give it to you. Be, I think because Katie's still very angry. Katie's still very angry at Julia. And, mm. I mean, maybe in the long run she would have thought about that, but her she's angry and Penny is dying. And those... Um, I think Julia had it right where she was like she just she just doesn't want me to have it because she's just so angry she's just angry mm-hmm. you know Katie is actually not a selfish person she's really not I don't know she is I think she has selfish tendencies yes but she, overall she's she's also 
a greater good. Great, mm. good kind of character. She she would have you know. She wanted to save Penny, but I think after if she you know if she had succeeded in that, that uh, her next would have been okay. How do we get? They have okay. They yeah, have she was so, she was so focused on her goal that she didn't see. Yeah, that she didn't see it yet, and I think that if if things had worked out the way that that she was hoping for them to work out. Mm-hmm. Then uh, she would have, that would have been her next thing. Let's how do we get magic back on? And Julia, I remember Julia saying something about them doing a quest. So here's this battery. I think that would have, that would have, that's what have, what happened, that would have happened that, that way. But her focus was entirely on Penny at the moment. That's what I had on Earth. Did you have anything else to say about the Earth side of the the plot? No, I can't think of anything. I'm sure when we're talking about fillery, it'll something I'm sure will pop up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and let's go there where uh, it starts with um, uh, them not having money. And I like that they mentioned the, uh, the shitting beetle, the gold shitting beetles who make an appearance in season five you're gonna see uh but i i like that like it was in style in style in the lore already as of season three um and then margot asked why are we spending money on the boat hey. did did it elliot told her i think elliot did tell her they they i think what it was was you know the fairy queen was sitting off in, on the side and that's that's what the whole thing was was a big production of uh, we have to convince the fairy queen we're doing this thing we're really doing this thing okay so they were both lying to the fairy queen by pretending to act like they were yeah the, the, they the, were acting yeah yeah and um and then they go to the Munjack. And I want to know why Tick hate the Munjack so much. I don't think the Munjack liked... I don't think the Munjack liked Tick. Who really likes Tick? I don't care for Tick. He's not my favorite character. He's a... He, he's a little he's, worm. He's, he's a worm. Yeah. He, he's, he's someone that, like, you know you cannot trust, but also helps you. So, like... Eh? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's what it, I mean. I don't think the Munchak liked liked Tick, and that's like it. She knew that um, that uh, he was not a good person. Yes, yes. Like the the admiral was like, she seems. I can sense she's excited because you know, she wanted to do this thing with with Elliot and everything. So I, yeah, I don't think she, especially when. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, Ass bitch. <laughs> He's so proud when he realizes it's asshole. Oh yeah, and there he goes over the over the overboard. And I love that, like you see it, uh, Elias laugh, like you see him smile and laugh. And I think that's the first time it happens in a long time. Oh yeah. Um, he's, and he's like the sun. He's like the sun when he smiles. <laughs> And then they they go back uh, they go back uh, to uh, to Fillory and 
Elliot is like, I don't think it's a good idea, Fen, that you follow me. And she's like, why? While uh, burping a log. Mm. And the thing is, Elliot do not mention it. And they were avoiding it in the first episode as well. And I am wondering why why do they let it happen? Like, why um, do they let Fen indulge in that, like... Um, because honestly, because she's, she's at that time, she was a mourning. I, I can't even imagine, mm. imagine, you know, you, you've lost your child. You've lost your child. You, you, you didn't even get to hold your baby. I don't think she got to hold yeah. No. And that's the thing because like she she can kinda lie to herself because the moment they, they present Frey and they say that's your daughter, she throw the, the, the log on the floor to hug Frey. Oh yeah, because I mean that's her child. Or or so she thinks. That's her So child. she thinks. So she thinks. And you know, I I can't say that I wouldn't do the same if somebody, you know, if I had a loss because I have I have a I have a son, and I mean I, I see where she's coming from where she's she's trying to work through her her mourning she's she's mourning I'm sure she's got a little bit of um, postpartum depression as mm-hmm. well. a bit a bit just a little <laughs> bit and you know essentially she was kidnapped I mean she's probably got some PTSD on top of that so I mean. Everybody on this show needs therapy. Everybody on this yeah. show, including Finn. Finn, poor Finn, needs some therapy. I just think that uh, Elliot and, and Margot know what the kind of depression Quentin has, but never saw someone depressive like Finn and have no freaking clue what to do. Yeah. So they pre- like they, they rather like not pretend that it, it doesn't, exi- doesn't exist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just kind of, yeah, I, Margot especially, because, I mean, you kind of wonder how much guilt Margot has, because she's essentially the one who set it in motion. Yeah. I mean, I get why she did it. And, I mean, I... I wonder if Elliot also feels guilt in in, in some some form because mm. really he's alive, but you know he he wasn't that excited about having a child. No, but, he was terrified. Yeah, but we see we see coming up that he's actually a, a great father. Yeah. So. Um, I wonder if he feels guilt that he's alive because, and but his baby's mm. baby's gone. Yeah. That. But yeah. And, I get the and that's what's interesting because uh, the fairy king queen set up this lie about Frey, and Fen is so ready to accept it because she's so much in pain. And meanwhile, Elliot, who has been deceived and tricked. Since it's been in Fillory, uh-huh. is like, wait up, bitch, what? 
<laughs> right, right. right. This, is, this is a a TV cliche, and I love how they they roll off all the the shows. You know, Torchwood, and, not Torchwood, uh, Buffy, and Angel. And also, yeah, I love I love how uh, Margot say like technically Buffy's sister was never born because she just started to exist. And oh my god, two months without uh, a cock, and I sound like Quentin. <laughs> Oh Margot is so nerd and she doesn't realize it. Margot is Quentin's friend and yeah, you see that with little things like that. Little things like that. You know that, that Margot and Quentin are friends. Like really close friends because they have so much in common. They, for, all, for all the posturing that she does, they mm -hmm. are a lot alike. They are a lot alike. I think. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think Margot put this like thing of not caring, uh, but like the amount of, I think she has more like uh, pop culture reference than any anybody in the show. Yeah. And uh, the the first episode when they talk geek is just the proof of that. Yeah, and then and then we have probably I think the best line of the of the the whole of the whole show in that um what's the difference between a hero and a moron one decision yeah one one dumb decision so if it's a matter of being brave or being smart then you know what to do and she's so scared to lose him she is and that that whole little that whole little speech transcend transcends even that episode because you you put it in the perspective of see at the what happens at the end of season four. Mm -hmm. um, mm. Quentin was brave and, and brave. I use quotation the finger finger quotes. He was being what he thought was being brave. He was not being smart. He made, and he made that's what she, that's what she did with Elliot and and Fen as well. Mm -hmm. um, she thought she was brave to like do that sacrifice, but that was one dumb decision. And I, I like that when she delivers that line, like her her lips is quivering, and she almost lost uh, Elliot twice in season two. And I think she's really, really scared that she's going to lose him again. Yes. I agree. She, that's her, that's her. She, I think they're, 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 how would I just, I don't know how to describe their soulmates, I guess, I guess is the easiest and. Oh yeah, they are. But you know. You, it's it's beautiful to watch in, in, in all these you know up through <laughs> up through up through the end of it, about 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 the end of three because four you know there is a, a decided a decided lack of Elliot in, for most of the season but see Elliot shooting the monster was his one dumb decision that made the monster possess him. Yes. 
and she helped with that too. She's the one who got yeah. done because they, you know, they wanted to save Quentin. And I think that's where like love blinds. Yes, love. Yeah, this was he. You know, you don't. In that spoilers again, you don't know it till middle of season four why he did it. Yeah. That season four, that that particular episode in season four puts shines a whole different light on on season three from the middle of season three going forward. You know, mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. that happens, you're like, oh, okay, because <laughs> you can see everyone's motivation. Yeah. And going forward, and you're like, yeah, that's that's why he he shot. That's why he shot the monster at the end of, of three because he didn't want to condemn. He didn't want to. He didn't want to lose Quentin. Mm-hmm. But that there's the one of the most beautiful thing that happened in this scene when Margot uh, tell Elliot to be careful is that she kissed him, and it has nothing sexual in that kiss, Mm-mm. and yet it's full of love. Oh yeah, this is like my I love you. You better come back alive, you moron. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And it was improvised. That was improvised? That was improvised. There was only one shot where Summer kissed Elle, and when they did it, they were like, oh my god, that was perfect. Which made that kiss even more like Summer felt that she needed to kiss. She felt that Margot needed to kiss Elliot, you know? Yep. I do. I get that, and that's a really good call. I can't even. I can't even imagine it. The scene without it. Exactly. Like I think that's like the, like the the dot at the end of the line. Mm-hmm. It just wrapped everything. It just showed their love in a way that only Margot and Elliot can show. Yes. I don't think Quentin could do that with Julia. Let's say. No. 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 I, no. Their relationship's not, they're, I think they're just as, they're like brother and sister. They're close like they're brother and sister. Mm-hmm. I would, I think they're, the, the Margot and Elliot mirror Julia and Quentin, but mm-hmm. there is some key differences in that the whole feeling of, Margot and Elliot's relationship is not the same. It's just for the main fact that Quentin and Julia grew up together. Yeah. So it's it's family. It's, it's they're more than they're family, but they're more than family. Mm-hmm. Like that, they're the found. They found each other, and they're their found family. Yeah. And I could honestly, you could say, you could probably say the same thing about Margot and Elliot, but. Yeah, but they bonded for a different reason. That's the thing. Yeah. Because I have, like, childhood friend that if I look as as right now, there's no way we should talk to each other. And yet we love each other so much because we grew up to the thin. And I think that was the beginning of, of Julia and Quentin was that. It was them growing apart and yet still be friends. Yes. Um, season three reminded them why they were friends. And I think Elliot and Margot were like, Oh, you're like me. I love you. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> they're so alike. They're so alike. Except that they're they're so alike that they, 
able to call each other's bullshit. That's the thing. That is true. That is true. Although it feels, is it, it feels right now, right now it feels like they're still on separate pages, even, even after, you know, events, certain events have happened, you know, they still, they still feel they're not, they're not the way they were. But I think it's, it's, it's okay. Cause the way they were was toxic and bad. It's beautiful how much they were connected, but they were enabling each other in bad ways that now they're not allowing the other to hurt, hurt themselves that much. Yes, but 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 Margot is also she she's still kind of got that the the whole king persona going. She mm-hmm. that I think she kind of rolls over. You know, she wants she wants Elliot to tell her about what happened, and I find it shocking that he hasn't he hasn't told her everything. I think he's too, he's lying to himself um, that like he's scared of what he did and he, a bit like Alice has a Niffin right now, um, Elliot having to face himself and at the end it was not the monster, it was Carson, Charleston, but he's not healed enough to be able to be truthful to himself. So how can you be like, you cannot you cannot be truthful to others when you are not truthful to yourself. That is, that is very true. And I like, I like, there was a part where he, he, he tells her and she says something. He's like, I just told you, I just told you and you didn't believe me. So, but yeah. Cause she's so used to him not telling him the truth that why will you tell me the truth now? Yeah. And that's, and that's, that's sad. That's something they need to work on. Yeah. I hope they get the chance to do it. Me too. I hope Charleston will fix that. <laughs> I do like Charlton. I do like Charlton, actually. Uh, let's go back to season three, though. Okay. <laughs> um, Elliot is going to uh, the other island. And um, it starts with the leader being Father Poe. And I never realized but Father Poe is a religious figure. And Elliot has a past with religion. Yes, he grew up in and, he grew up in Indiana, which means his family most likely like hardcore, you know, church every Sunday, church every Wednesday. He probably went to Sunday school. Probably that's where the in- internalized homophobia come from as well. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. So like it started the the setup of the struggle for power start like from the beginning and then he lies to the father saying like oh i'm gonna i'm gonna send my navy but i need the key they don't have a navy they just said that they don't have money for the navy at the beginning of the show yes so yeah he's he he is a little bit stretching i would say i wouldn't say out like i wouldn't say outright lying he might have been stretching the truth a little bit i mean i'm sure once he figured out he would have eventually sent his navy because i can't see him just especially it feels like he at at that point he's starting to want to do things for valerie as well Mm -hmm. 
Hillary is his home, so he wants to take care of it as well. So I don't think it was necessarily he was lying. I think it was more of, I'm going to, he was omitting, he was omitting certain well, aspects. Why? Stretching the line. How this is not a lie? Um, because they technically they do have a navy. They just don't have the money to employ the navy. <laughs> That's fair. It is all a matter of technicalities. It is all a matter of technicalities. Yeah. It is. And that will lead uh, Father Poe to perform that um, shadow bat that will kill your husband. And husband was killed only to prove to Elia that they needed the key. Uh, but the key, in, in effect, is theater security. I don't know if you know that term. Okay, so this is theater security. Okay. Ah. This is security that you do, but technically does nothing, but makes people feel better. The airport has a lot of that. Ah, or going into um, a building with a, a metal detector. This is theater security. Technically does nothing, but people feel safer if there's that. I see. And yes. I think the key, like doing this and like having the show of the shadow bat, that's all the theater security Father Poe is creating to keep the key for himself. Yeah, to keep, to keep himself in power, absolutely. So both him and Elliot are lying about why. No, Elliot is not lying that he needs the key, but like they're both lying to each other. Oh yeah, he's like, oh, but if I don't have this key, it will kill us all. Yeah. Let me pr let me prove it to you by summoning this, or you know, suddenly here's this this big old shadow bat, and this is why I can't let you have the key. And like I think. If Elliot would have not showed up, the attack will have not killed husband. Yeah, I think, yeah, it just would have been a normal everyday attack. attack. We don't, yeah, but we don't know because other people have been, had been murdered. Other True. People, you know, other people died. And I also love how, um, like, Frey see the, 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 the wounds and that prompts Fan to go see the wound. And I love how Elliot like doesn't believe Frey right away when she's like, that's not a shadow bat, like that's not how they work. They're like more brutal. But the moment Fan said, Yeah, no, she's right, like this is made by a blade, not by fangs, he believes Fan. But earlier in the episode found her to be unstable. Oh yes. I don't know. <laughs> He, he, but on that island, I was, you know, she, they were all he had to listen, you know, I guess his soundboard, especially, you know, mm. she, uh, um, especially Frey, you know, good on Frey for, for taking a look. Yeah. He, he could have just, just stood there and, and. You know, not said anything. Do you think Frey look because she's used to the fairy queen deceiving people? 
I think yes. I think she's very. She's been raised or trained to to pay attention and bring information back to probably the fairy queen. And mm-hmm. so this was just her doing that. I'm sure she would have. She realized. I think she realized that uh, Elliot wasn't there for taxes. And so this was her, I guess, confirming that when she mm-hmm. said, hey, this is not this is not what it appears. And and then just confirmation. I mean, he yes, he, he I think he would believe Finn at the moment. He would believe Finn more than Frey. And when she said no, you know, a blade killed killed this man it wasn't it wasn't a a beast he was like okay i believe you yeah so i believe you (laughs) the the whole scene when elliot exposed the lie i wrote elliot exposing the lie is my sexuality (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah he's all kill him no yeah and this part like uh, kill him don't it reminds me of the scene in game of thrones power is power yes exactly i was gonna tell i was gonna say that same thing it reminds me of cersei (laughs) cersei and uh little finger yes she's a he's like knowledge is power and she's like no power is power Power is power yes but i i like this confidence of like oh yeah he's lying and like let's just prove it elliot when he's confident he's so sexy it is. It is. It is a magnificent thing to watch, and it and it wasn't. It wasn't the. It wasn't the show that he would sometimes put on, like an earlier when you would see him, like in in the cottage, when he was playing the party king. Mm-hmm. It's it's different. No, I think that's tr- like he truly felt it. Mm-hmm. And he this- was yeah. He, especially when he, you know, he took the key away from him, and he was all, "Oh, it's it's magic. I know this." And I, I also maybe like winning over a father must have, must have been like kind of a personal victory for him as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of like giving the middle finger of his for uh, to his past. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, religion. This is what this is what your religion has has done. He's 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 been doing this to you and because he wants to see power. Yeah, and that, that's the thing, like, the, the the difference between Elliot and Father Poe is Father Poe never had power. He lead by fear. Exactly. And Elliot has the power. The power. Yeah. Power is power. <laughs> Which is kind of beautiful, but at the end, he gave the choice to what to do with the, the, the father to the villager. He doesn't say, okay, let's kill him. Okay, let's hang him. No, he just give them the blade and leave. Mm-hmm. I will let you decide on how you how you deal with them. And like, when they walk away, they hear, they hear the father scream and don't look back. Like, they know what's going to happen. But at the end, Elliot is the kind of ruler also that will give his people the right to have their own justice. Yes. And I think part of it, too, is... Is he's he's killed people before and i don't think he he doesn't he doesn't like he doesn't like he doesn't like it you know it it does terrible sure. things to him you know it, mm-hmm. it's all what happened with mike was, and that's why he tried not to kill um baylor's mm-hmm. 
That's exactly why. He doesn't he doesn't want people to die. He doesn't want them to die. He's out of him and Margot, he's the more diplomatic of the two. <laughs> Which says a lot. Um but and the last thing I had about them is uh, Elliot and Finn had this parenting moment of telling Frey like don't uh, don't talk back to your father and go to your room. Mm-hmm. I think that was Elliot giving this to Finn after helping him. Like he knew that Finn needed him to try to give a chance to Frey and try to lean into him being a father. And after she he saw El- uh, Finn helping her him get the key, he's like, okay, I'm gonna give that moment to Finn. She deserves it. Yeah, I, he, I think he cares about Finn. He's going yeah. to care about Finn. I mean, I, it's not a romantic love at all. You know, especially because you, you don't know how much time passed, you know, especially in season two when they left. You know, you have an idea of how much time passed on, um, on Earth, but you don't really have any idea because there's that whole time time issue you don't know how much time enough time has passed that you know they have a two month they would have had a two month old so that's that's at least a year if not a little longer you know Mm -hmm. so then you're you have to get to know someone that you're essentially bound to for the rest of your life well that's the thing i i I truly believe that he loves her out of, like, there's a respect, there's a, like, say 12, I think it's in episode 9 of season 3, like, we're stuck with each other, and let's make the best of it. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, that's the kind of love they have, like, look, we don't love each other, but we still can be friends. Yes. And we still, still can care deeply about each other without him being sexual or romantic. Exactly. Exactly. I, I believe that too. I mean, they're, I think they're friends. I, I don't, he is cal- so callous a person that he would just completely, you know, in the beginning he did, he actually kind of did. I said that he's, he can be callous. He did kind of disregard her for a while. You know, she wanted to make it work a lot. So she was right up in, in his face a lot. You know, she wanted to be right there. And even 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 in this episode, she was like, "We're family," and and you could you could you could kind of feel him go, "Yeah, I don't know." Yeah. yeah. I regret already that I hit, I did that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like. Yeah, I think I, this episode. I I love this episode so much. I think for me, it's one of my favorite episodes of the show. It's in my yeah. top five. It is. There's quite a few in season three that are really, really good. Yes. Season three is my favorite season, that's for sure. It is. I think it is mine too. Um, Let's go now with the second portion of the show, which is a Lectio Divina. Lectio Divina is... um, monastical practice that monks used to do to read the bible that has been converted by um the podcast harry potter and the sacred text to read a text as it's sacred 
and we do it now with the script of the show. So what we do is we take one uh, one sentence of the script and we are going to explore what it makes us feel and how can we grow from it. Uh, there's four steps. Though the first step is that we're going to read the, the, the sentence and we're going to see what's literally happening. Second step is the allegory. So what story reminds us of. The third step is remind, what it reminds us in our life. And fourth step is what we are called for. So I'm going to randomly set up the sentence. It's going to be, you can't argue with success. You can't argue with success. So what is literally happening? Do you know? Um, in, the sh in the show? What's yeah, it's in the episode. Huh, I'm trying to think. Um, it's it's uh, it's a uh, it's it's okay if you I'm don't because I wouldn't know. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to remember where it was, and it honestly sounds like something Elliot said. Um, or... no, it's taken fact. No, it's Elliot. You're right. It's when they uh, talk about Beagle and that he um he is oh, a swordsman the... that didn't kill that killed seventy two times and never got a scratch on, and uh, Elliot say uh, you can't argue with success. Ah, uh, it's because he never talks. That's why. He said yes. That's uh, allegory. What does it reminds you of? A story that it reminds you. We can't argue with success. It reminds me of the story that Emperor and the Chocolate. It's do you know this fable? I don't. Of, Not the Emperor and it's the a, it's what I was terrified of that story when I was young. But basically, it's an emperor that asked chocolate all the time and he eats chocolate, eats chocolate. And at one point he's, he get up to ask for a chocolate cake and transform it into a chocolate. Oh, wow. But people knew that it was not good for him, you know, and mm -hmm. didn't say anything. It's a bit like uh, the emperor without clothes. Everyone knew that he didn't have clothes, but like he was the king, he was success. So they couldn't say anything. Um, let me see a story. Oh, uh, you can't argue with success. Well, the only thing I can think of is not necessarily a story. It's it's a it's a it's a it's a sports team. And as much as I hate them, and I hate them, I hate them. The New England Patriots. <laughs> Me too. I hate them. So I hate Tom Brady. He's not my favorite person. I like the Cheater McTeeterton's. You know. I, you know, I've gotten into debates about, we've gotten into debates about Tom Brady. You've heard the whole uh, deflate gate about the, the footballs, the footballs being under deflated, under inflated. And that's how they, that's how he uh, won the Super Bowl or something. I don't remember exactly what game it was, but he uh, was saying he didn't know. Tom Brady said he didn't, I don't know that those balls are under deflated. And I, I just say, you're, you're telling me you're a Super Bowl winning quarterback with you've made Pro Bowls and you're like MVP several years in a row and you can't tell when a football is underflated. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I mean, but, but honestly, the methods they use, you can't argue with success and they're successful. Except I, I, no, I like that. Except that this past year, they didn't. They didn't even. They they were they were bumped out of the playoffs. The first in the first round, it was it was a beautiful thing. <laughs> uh, 
let's go with the third step. What does this sentence remind, remind you in your life? I'm going to read it again. You can't argue with success. You can't argue with success. It's funny because for me, it brings me the fact that yes, I can. Absolutely. It's not because you're successful that it means that you're perfect. Or right. Um, really, yeah, or I right. Exactly. And there's a lot of like lucky circumstances and where you're born and who you are and your place in life and where you like, who is your friend and who isn't that makes you successful or not. Exactly. Uh, that success is not just a one way street. It is not. I mean, yeah, there's success can success is a matter of circumstance is what it is mm -hmm. exactly like it's it's how you grow up um what advantages you had growing up what you know privileges privileges you had or you took in privileges you took advantage of or unconsciously took advantage of because sometimes you have privileges that you don't even realize that you have hmm. but um yeah absolutely you can argue with success success is not a foregone conclusion you fail a lot you will fail I, yeah i like that and that's going to bring us to our fourth step which is uh what do you feel called for and for me i think i'm gonna go with what you said of like realizing your privilege uh that that reminds me that i have kind of a small success in the fandom like i'm unknown in the fandom and I think I try always try to use my voice to be positive, but I would like to now see like what kind of privilege I had to be able to have this success. Uh, yeah, I I think in terms in terms of fandom, I'm a, I'm a very small fish. I try not to. I mean, I don't even know half the stuff honestly that's going on. I came in. I'll I'll, I'll be honest. I came in into the magicians fandom late. I came in late. I would think it, I don't, I actually didn't start watching it till right before season four in the finale, right before the finale, okay. when, when everything blew up, <laughs> when that whole, when the fandom just, you know, exploded with 413. Um, yeah, I, I, fandom, I would like to explore it a little, you know, a little more, maybe, I, but it's okay to be a small fish in, in a fandom. I've always been a small fish in a fandom before the magician. And it's literally because I create like 24 seven that I have a voice, but not having a voice doesn't mean you don't have power or something to say that is worth it. That's why I didn't, I asked anyone to come in this podcast because I wanted different voices. Well, thank you for asking me because I am thoroughly enjoying myself. This is this is exciting. This is exciting to uh, I, I, it's it's always fun to deep dive into an episode. I think. Well, I will be willing to do it again if you ever ever want me to. But I like it a lot. <laughs> um, and before we leave, let's do the last thing, which is the vase and the flower which is uh, an expression my grandma used to say, which is uh, you don't give a, the vase and the flower at the same time, which means 
you don't give a backhanded compliment, such as uh, you speak well for a Spanish person. Ah, okay. <laughs> so how, I, how we translate that is we give the flowers, so the kudos to a character that we think did good or did good stuff in the episode, and the vase to a character that thinks that they didn't do so good or we didn't agree with what they did. Hmm. If you want to think about it, I can give mine in first. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna give my um, my flower to Frey for and that changed because I had my idea and our discussion changed me changed my decision. But for speaking up, for looking into the into the wound, for not believing that it was an attack, for just making sure. Um, she didn't have to, and you were right. And for that, you go, Frey. And I'm gonna give my face to to Katie. Uh, I get, I get it why she stole the battery, but I wish she would have shared or at least told people like, "Look, I'm gonna do this. Fuck you." But like, not the, not, not like backstab them. That I'm gonna give. Can I give her a flower? Give the rose. Give a flower. And I just changed my mind on the on the fly. I'm going to give it to Quentin actually. Okay. Um, for he he saved he saved Lipson's life. Mm-hmm. Um. He he's essentially I, I'm I'm assuming oh, not assuming he's he would I would say. He is the captain of the quest, and he kept mm-hmm. focus. I'm having to come up. I was like, I suddenly, I was, I was honestly going, I was going, I was going toward. If I could give another rose, I'd give it to Elliot because go ahead, go ahead. I got two roses. I got one to Elliot for for um, successfully navigating the whole, seeing through all the manipulation. That happened on on After Island, and and navigating the the landmines that the fairy queen put in front of them. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I think I'm gonna have to give my vase to to Josh. Job okay, because while he he was helpful and everything, he certainly complained about it throughout that mm. entire and the entire time. He was upset that he didn't get to go to Central Park, and he's let's let's go. I think he went to the vegan falafel place, and but yeah, he he was really lackadaisical, you, you know, for someone who who wants to get magic back. So like everybody else. You know? I like that. And you're just prompting me one last question. Do you think that's why they, don't, they didn't call you back? Um, I, I think so. I mean, hmm. he didn't seem, he didn't seem committed as committed as everybody else was to the quest. True. Honestly, honestly. Yeah. But because of that, we did get end up end up getting one of the better episodes of season three too. That's coming up. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, thank you again for joining uh, during me in the podcast. Did you have anything to plug us? Plug to people to follow, where to follow you on, on Twitter? Do you have any events you want to plug? I mean, if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's my Twitter handle is, is at mandalee.com or at mandalee1013. That's my Twitter handle. Sorry. Um, you, I don't have very, very, very interesting things to say, but I do occasionally tweet. I don't, I'm not a, a social media, media, media maven. Um, I should, and I keep telling myself I need to, to get out there a little more. So maybe this will motivate me if I get, if I get a few more followers out of it, maybe I'll, I'll be motivated more as well. I mean, all I do is write. Well, that's good. Yeah. I, I write <laughs> in, and I have actually posted links up on, on my Twitter, but they're, they're, like I said, it's been, a, it's been a little bit because I've just been working so much here lately that I may have to update, update those, those tweets. But yeah, I've got a couple of stories up on AO3 and, but um, yeah, if you want to follow me on Twitter, that's fine. That'd be great. All right. Well, I'm going to put everything in the show notes and uh, thank you again for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Like I said, if you want me to do it again, I'll be happy to. Well, I'm going to put you in the, in the coming back guest for sure. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> well, I will wish you a good day. All right. Have a great day. Bye. Bye. This has been Philorian United. Once again, thank you, Amanda, to find a way to be in the podcast. And I hope people will forgive us for the background noise. I tried to edit out the most I could, but hey, that's what happened when you record in a public place. <laughs> I also want to thank Harry Potter and the Sacred Text as well as Spirit Podcast for the help of starting this show and the inspiration. If you want to tweet the show, we, we are at Philorians with an S where you can give us your commentary, what the Lecture Divina made you think, or um, idea that this episode made you feel. And now, the behind the scenes tidbits. Despite never having a scene together, Jay Taylor and Rick and Curran, so Katie and Fan, became close friends out of the set and still hang together as we speak now. I think it's wonderful. Thank you.